Dale Evans and Danger in Crooked Canyon Chapter 11 Lost Dale had waited until Two Horse led the men out of sight, and she dismounted and tied the horse's reins. The beating of the tom-toms and wild singing was still going on. She knew that while this was in progress, she had time to do the thing she had in mind. She slipped quietly away from the direction the men had gone, and every few steps she stopped and looked and listened. At last she heard what she was listening for. A horse snorted. She slipped through the trees and finally made out a string of scrawny Indian ponies. When she got closer, she saw the men guarding them. He squatted on the ground with his eyes focused towards the firelight and the dancers. She had her rope with her, but she knew that if she roped the guard, he would yell and bring help. Reluctantly, Dale pulled her gun from her holster. She held it by the barrel and crept up behind the man. When she was within a couple of feet of him, she rose and stood behind a low bush. The man was so intent on the war dance that he never moved. Dale raised her gun and brought it down on the back of the man's head with a big swing. Without a sound, he toppled forward. Quickly, Dale turned the horses loose and saw them running off down the mountainside. The noise from the dancers and the tom-toms drowned out the noise of horses' hooves. Dale bent over the man to see how badly he was hurt. He had a large bump on the back of his head, and he was breathing heavily. In a few minutes, he would recover consciousness. Hurriedly, she gagged the man and tied his hands and feet. Then she ran back to her own horses. She mounted Pinto, and leading the string, moved carefully toward the firelight. In the flickering light, she made out Benny tied to a tree, at one side of the fire, the dancers and the tom-toms seemed to increase their tempo. Then suddenly they stopped. Yellow Singer called, and someone answered from beyond the circle of firelight, and finally Dale heard Yellow Singer tell them that they were ready to start. Then she saw the men get their yucca blades and began to gather in a circle. She recognized Lefty, who had not learned to walk with the easy loping gait of a Navajo on the balls of his feet. It was time to move closer and have the horses ready. Dale led the horses forward. She saw Yellow Singer take the rope from Benny's neck and tell them to run. She closed her eyes as Benny's first attempt, but when he broke through the circle, she gigged Pinto and hurried to the thick brush where he was headed. Hard behind him were a couple of Yellow Singer's men. This way, Benny, Dale whispered, but her voice was drowned out by the shouts from the men. Hey, a rough voice shouted. Here's the man that let Benny escape. He's not one of us, Yellow Singer yelled. Grab him. Lefty turned to run, but husky warriors lunged at him, pinning his arms down, and finally threw him to the ground. Two horse, Juan, and Little Salt hurried to help. In the half-darkness with the dying fire, it was hard to tell who the men were. Two Horse found himself pushing Little Salt roughly aside. Juan was wrestling with the Ute, who was about twice the size of the little man. Yellow Singer's men had quite had quit searching for Benny and had come back to help in the fight. Dale worked the horses around on the fringe of the heavy growth and well out of light. Benny, she called softly several times. Benny had disappeared into the forest. Once to the side of her, she heard the crashing of undergrowth and then stillness. Benny? 
she called again. This is Dale Evans. Here is your horse for you. Suddenly, Benny popped out of the darkness and ran towards her. When he got near her, he stopped. You're not Miss Dale, he accused, staring at her. Dale remembered how she looked dressed up as a squaw. Yes, I am, she said quickly. Josita just gave me a new look. Jump on your horse. I go help them. I recognize two horse, Benny said. No, you stay here, Dale commanded firmly. We don't want to lose you again. Meekly, Benny climbed on the horse. They looked back at the fight and the clearing. Lefty had managed to get up from the ground, and he was swinging at his opponents with a hard fist. Yellow Singer dodged his fist and fell back against Two Horse. Two Horse spun around and faced Yellow Singer. The medicine man recognized him. You, you, he spat with hate and lunged at Two Horse. Perhaps he was not as crafty as the other times, or maybe Two Horse was too quick for him, but Yellow Singer flew through the air to land on his back with all the wind knocked out of him. Let's go, Two Horse yelled. This way. Dale moved the horses into the clearing for a moment so that they could be seen by the men, and then moved them back. Little Salt and Lefty made a break for the horses, but Juan was still struggling with the ute. Two Horse darted to help him. He attacked the ute from the back with his arm and a grip around his neck. The man turned away from Juan. Two Horse flung the Indian from him suddenly. Lefty and Little Salt were already mounted. Two Horse and Juan sprang into their saddles. They spurred their mounts, and the horse jumped forward. Just as they did, rough hands reached up and grabbed Dale's reins. Pinto was jerked around. Someone jumped on his back behind the saddle and began to slash the animal. With a sharp yakka blade, the frightened animal reared. The man slashed him more viciously. Pinto spun around, then dashed recklessly into the darkness. Hard arms reached around Dale and grabbed the reins. The man pulled on the reins, trying to guide Pinto back to the clearing and the little light it had. But Pinto fought him and dashed frantically deeper into the black forest. Dale raised her arms to try to push the man from the horse. Be still, squaw, he muttered in Dale's ear, and not get hurt. Dale tried to relax. She was in enough danger as it was. Pinto, frightened out of his wits, was thrashing through the brush and over rocks at breakneck speed. One false step, and they would all be thrown headlong into the pitch black. How Pinto saw a path to go on, or kept his footing, she didn't know. The man was pulling back on the reins as hard as he could, but still he wasn't able to guide Pinto or force him to turn back. Then Dale realized what was happening. Pinto had the bit between his teeth, and he couldn't be guided. Pinto jumped over a ditch and nearly unseated both his passengers. A cedar branch slapped them in the face and made Dell's eyes sting. Pinto was so frightened that nothing would stop him. He would just have to run himself out. After that, what? Dale wondered, ducking another cedar branch that she saw in time. She would probably be taken back to Yellow Singer's camp and then... Then perhaps the same fate would await her that had been prepared for Benny. The men behind her on Pinto's back The man behind her on Pinto's back was pulling all his strength on the reins. Dale's hand slid slowly down her side to her moccasin boot. Her fingers closed on the handle of a knife. 
Josita had insisted on sticking it in the top of her moccasin. Slowly she drew the knife out and up. The reins were tight as wire. Pinto was angling up a steep hillside. Dale quickly slashed at the reins with the knife. She grabbed the saddle horn so she would lose she would not lose her balance. With an angry shout, the man behind her tumbled backward with the slash of the reins in his hands. He made a frantic grab at Dale's blouse to try to hang on, but missed and yelled in pain as he hit the ground. It frightened Pinto even more, and he lunged up the hillside, his breath coming heavy and labored. He shifted, he shifted direction suddenly, and they were going down. The man yelled again, but his voice was distant. Dale let the runaway horse have his head for a while. She leaned forward on the saddle so she couldn't be swept off by branches and hu that hung out. After a while, she reached for one of the hanging reins and then the other one, and they were so short that she had to lean forward to hold them. But she bent close to Pinto's neck and began to talk to him in a soft, soothing voice. Take it easy, Pinto, she said. Everything's all right now. Slow down and take us home. But Pinto had become so frightened now that all he could do was run. Dale had no idea where they were or in what direction they were going. She kept hoping that they could break out of the timber and head into the valley. Pinto could run himself out in the open valley with less danger of either of them getting hurt. But the horse was so crazed with fear that he lost all sense of direction. He ran into heavy brush, but becoming more frenzied at the obstruction, he thrust his way through and ran on. Dale's skirt was torn, her arms and face stung from the scratches of the rough branches. Pinto's stride began to falter, and twice he stumbled. At last he slowed to a walk, and finally he stopped. His head dropped, and his sides heaved. Shaking with relief, Dale climbed slowly from the saddle and stood beside Pinto. It's all right now, Pinto, she soothed. You rest, and we'll go on home soon. Dale looked around her, but saw nothing familiar in her surroundings. It was rough timber country, and she had never seen this before. She remembered a small creek, and they had splashed across a few minutes before. Perhaps she might recognize something from there. The night was overcast, the moon couldn't be seen, and only an occasional star. She let Pinto blow for a few minutes longer and then led him back to the creek with the hopes of recognizing familiar objects. She let Pinto blow for a few minutes longer and then she led him back to the creek with hopes of recognizing familiar objects. She allowed Pinto to have a few quick swallows of water and they walked further down the creek. There was nothing near that she recognized. Puzzled, she led Pinto across the creek. It was possible, she thought, that this was Little Eagle Creek. If so, it should have come out on the mountains near Fidelia's ranch. They walked on. Dale practically pulled the tired Pinto. They came to a hill and began climbing. It was then Dale realized with a jolt that they were going upstream instead of down. She had thought they were going east towards the valley, but instead they were going west. Now she didn't have any idea where they were. This couldn't possibly be Little Eager Creek. Well, Pinto, Dale said, you certainly did a good job of getting both of us thoroughly lost. Dale sat down then for a few minutes to think and let Pinto rest. 
She knew that the worst thing for him to do was to go on any place else until she had her bearings. She gazed at the overcast sky, hopefully, but it told her nothing. Pinto stood with his head hanging, apparently taking a nap. The tired and puzzled animal probably wouldn't even be able to find his way back to the ranch by instinct. He would need someone to guide him. Dale thought about Lefty and Two Horse and the others. She wondered if they had realized what had happened to her. She thought not. Everyone had been busy trying to get his own animal started in a way. No doubt it took them a few minutes after it happened to know that she wasn't with them. They would turn back to hunt for her, of course. Then would they, then, when they didn't find her, they would probably head for the foothills for Red waited for them to see if she had arrived ahead of them. Dale grinned wryly at the thought of Red. He probably had everyone at the ranch aroused and scouring the hills for her. As she sat there thinking and allowing Pinto to take a much-needed nap, she slowly became conscious of voices. Down below her at the creek crossing was someone talking. Dale quickly fastened Pinto. Although she didn't think he would budge while she was gone and slipped down the, to listen to the voices. Crouching and crawling, she managed to get close to the voices and huddled behind a bush. "'Where's Charlie?' Dale heard someone ask. "'He's been gone long.' The squaw was two horses' squaw, Black Eyes. Dale recognized the second voice as that of Yellow Singer. "'I know I saw Two Horse in the fight.' and he brought his squaw to help with the animals when they captured Benny. He, we should have killed Two Horse long before this, the other voice said. We will kill them. The next time he is seen, he is to be killed like a dog, and his squaw in the same way. If she is in Crooked Canyon, then we return tomorrow. We will put her to death. We will show no mercy for either of them. If our horses weren't gone, we could hunt for Charlie. We go back. Maybe someone find them, Yellow Singer said. They turned and walked slowly in front of where Dale was hiding. Dale peered through the leaves of the thick brush and watched them go. When they were almost out of sight, she rose and followed at a distance. To her surprise, they came out in the clearing where they had held Benny. Pinto, in his fright, had apparently made a complete circle. Now she knew where they were. Dale hurried back to Pinto. Her first idea was to head for the valley as fast as they could go, because she knew that they were probably frantic over her absence. But Yellow Singer's words about what they planned to do to Black Eyes echoed in her mind. If Black Eyes were not taken out of the canyon tonight, tomorrow would be too late. Dale patted Pinto's neck just before she got into the saddle. Pinto, I know you've had a hard run and want to rest, but we've got a mighty important job to perform tonight, and I'm depending on you, Dale said. When she gigged him and gently patted him, he moved forward slowly. After they had gone some distance, Pinto fell into a trot and soon got his second wind. Dale let him go as fast as he was able. She pressed him forward, upward, into finally they entered the valley just beyond Crooked Canyon, where she had helped Two Horse track the children the first day they had disappeared. Later, when the climbing became steep, Dale dismounted and led Pinto to help save his strength. 
The night was black, and Dale was glad that she was so familiar with the way. She found the passage at the top of the mountain, and they entered Crooked Canyon. Quietly, they made their way down the floor. Dale was afraid to take Pinto very far into the canyon, so she left him at Two Horses Corral, where he was near one of the back trails Two Horse used so often. Cautiously, Dale approached Black Eyes Hogan. With her costume, she looked like any other Navajo woman. Near the Hogan now, she stopped. A muffled sound came from inside. Dale listened. It was somebody crying. Black Eyes? Dale called softly at the Hogan doorway. The sound choked off and came no more. Dale waited. Black Eyes? She called again. The blanket over the doorway moved slightly. Who? Black Eyes answered. It's Dale Evans, and I have to talk to you, Dale whispered. Come. The curtain was pulled aside. Dale slipped through the doorway quickly. Inside a small fire burned. Black Eyes stared at Dale, until Dale remembered her appearance and explained that this was a disguise. You must leave the canyon, Dale said quickly. Yellow Singer plans to kill you tomorrow. Fear passed over Black Eye's face for a moment. Then she shook her head slowly. I wait. Two Horse will not know where I go. Nimblefoot might come. No, you can't, Dale exclaimed. Then she told Black Eyes where Two Horse was, how she came to be with him, and about the rescue of Benny. At last she explained carefully about the conversation she had overheard between Yellowsinger and one of his men. Reluctantly, Black Eyes rose to go. She banked the fire and left the room in darkness. She felt for Dale's hand, and they went through the doorway together. Silently, they slipped through the night to the corral and got their horses. Once Black Eyes looked back, and Dale thought that she wanted to tell Shema where she was going, but she didn't. It was better that even Shema not know. This way, Black Eyes whispered, the main trails are guarded. They took a back trail out of the canyon. Black Eyes knew the hidden paths as well as Two Horse, and she led the way. The sky was streaked with dawn in the east when they rode out of the timber and down towards the valley. Almost immediately, they were surrounded by men on horseback. At first, Dale was frightened. The men who surrounded them looked like Indians to her. "'Miss Dale!' Red exclaimed. "'Is that you?' Dale gave a long, happy sigh. Yes, and black eyes. Dale told them of her wild ride and how she had gone and gotten black eyes. We didn't even miss you until we got away from the clearing quite a distance, Lefty said. Then we hurried back and couldn't find you. Yeah, fine warrior you turned out to be, Red accused. So we thought, Lefty continued, as if he hadn't been interrupted, maybe you had just become separated from us, and we're heading for the valley. We made a beeline for it, too, and when we got here, you weren't here. Is everyone accounted for, Dale asked. Yes, Red said. We sent Benny on to the ranch for sourdough to take care of, and the rest of us just came back from the mountains. We had gone in as far as we dared in the dark. We decided that, come daylight, we'd get a posse and scour the mountains for you. I'm sure glad we got back, Dale said. That yellow singers is a bile is in a vile mood now, and I think he would shoot anyone on sight. Chapter twelve Gunfire 
Dale took Black Eyes home with her after Two Horse said that he had some more work to do. Gratefully, Black Eyes sank down in the bed in the ranch house and soon was fast asleep. Josita told Dale that she had a herb concoction to put on her hair that would make the dye come out easier. Dale submitted to the treatment and then tumbled into bed and snatched a couple of hours of sleep. She was awakened by voices coming from the kitchen early in the morning. She dressed hurriedly and went into the kitchen, where she found Two Horse and Little Salt talking to Josita. "'I see Mrs. Brown this morning,' Two Horse said. "'She wants Black Eyes to come and stay on the ranch. I go back to the mountains with Little Salt.' "'You know Yellow Singer's threat?' Two Horse nodded. "'But there are things I must do in the mountains. The cattle are hidden there some place.' and I stay until I find the children. I guess you're right, Dale said. When they were gone, Dale ate a quick breakfast, and she and Josita went to work on her hair. Soon they had all the black dye washed from Dale's hair, and it was back to its original color. Black Eyes awoke, and Josita insisted that she eat a hearty breakfast. She ate the fluffy pancakes and drank her coffee slowly. As soon as they finished, Dale said, I will take you to Fidelia's ranch, where Two Horse wants you to wait for him. Tears sprang in the girl's eyes. The ranch will be lonely without Nimblefoot and Candy. Two Horse was gone back into the mountains, Dale said kindly. He will bring them home soon. By the way, Brother Whitehair wants to know how the sickness is in the canyon now. It is bad, Black Eyes said. Another tiny one died yesterday. How sad, Dale said, but I am glad Nimblefoot has the vaccines for diphtheria. There was silence in the room for a few seconds, and then Black Eyes shook her head. He does not have, Black Eyes said very low. At first we did not ha know of the vaccine. Then the sickness came, and we went to the Crooked Canyon. Yellow Singer was suspicious. He watched Two Horse. No chance to get vaccine for Nimblefoot. Dale turned quickly away and began to clear things from the table so that Black Eyes could not see how worried she was. Presently, she said, When you're ready, we can go. They walked to the corral together, got their horses, and were soon on their way to the Double B Ranch. Fidelia was very happy to see them and threw her arms around the girl. I've been hoping you'd come, Black Eyes, Fidelia said. It's so lonesome on the ranch with no one here. I sent Rose home because... She has work to do there. Two Horse said to tell you not to go back to the canyon while Yellow Singer is there. Black Eyes brushed her tears from her eyes and went to the small two-room cabin where they had lived when Two Horse worked on the ranch. Soon Dale saw her going to the cabin and giving it a thorough dusting, and she knew that Black Eyes would keep busy until Two Horse returned. Dale gave Fidelia Candy's ring, which she had found. Then she jumped on Pinto and left. She had shown the ring to Two Horse earlier that morning and told him where she had found it. She knew that Little Salt would return to the place and try to pick up the tracks again. If only they have better luck than I had before, she thought. As she rode towards Pete Gibbs' ranch, she glanced at the sun, which was high in the sky, and urged Pinto into a trot. When she rode into the ranch yard at Pete's, neat and well-kept spread, many of the valley ranchers were already there. Dale roped Pinto's reins around the hitch rail, where several other horses stood, 
and joined the group on the wide porch. Howdy, Dale, several of the ranchers said as she came up. Dale smiled and waved to each of the wives seated in the background. She sat on the porch railing and leaned against a big upright. Well, it looks like most everybody's come, Pete began. You all know what we're here to discuss. Maybe we ought to have a few opinions around. Big Russ was the first one on his feet. Well, I've got plenty to say. I think it's time we chase the Navajos clear out of this country. We'll never be able to live in peace this way. Hold on, Ross, Pete interrupted. Let's hear what some of the other people have got on their minds. Dale here has been hit pretty hard herself. What have you got to say, Dale? Turning to her neighbors, Dale talked slowly and calmly. As she told about Two Horse and how he had risked his life twice for her, she explained about the lost children and how Nimblefoot thought he was doing what was the best to protect Candy, or his little sister, as he called her. Then Dale told about Benny and the last night's happenings. She finished by telling of Mary Minigoats and the threats Yellow Singer had made towards hosting Two Horse and Black Eyes and how the others in Crooked Canyon were completely oppressed. These people need help from us more than anything else, Dale added. She should give them, we should give them our help so that they can rid themselves of and this valley of Yellow Singer and his band, and then get medicine and help their sick children and people. Russ opened his mouth to say something, but Joe Dawson jumped to his feet. We can take a posse up to Crooked Canyon and capture Yellow Singer and his men. Not you, Joe, Mrs. Dawson piped up from back. If you're, if they've got diphtheria up there, I don't want you going up there and getting exposed and bringing it to our little baby. That's the way I feel, Mary Reed said. The men shifted uncomfortably in their in their seats. Maybe we could grab Yellow Singer down here the next time he makes a raid, Pete suggested. We've tried that, Russ said loudly. We tried guarding our own ranches, Pete corrected. But there's one thing we haven't tried, and that's guarding the mountains. Man, do you realize what you're saying? That range of mountains is 25 miles long. Yes, but there's only a few ways that you can get in or out. If Yellow Singer were trying to take a hard, a herd of cattle into the mountains, he would pick an easy trail. Yeah, he would. Then we ought to put guards on the trails. What do you think, Dale? Yellow Singer is as wily as a fox, Dale said, but putting guards on the trails is the best idea we've come up with so far. It wouldn't hurt to try. So it was agreed that each rancher would send a certain number of cowboys to help guard the trail. After talking to some of the friends she hadn't seen in a long time, Dale hurried to the ranch to tell Red of the new development and ask him which boys he thought they could spare for guard duty. Well, reckon we can send Chuck and Ham, Red said. That takes them off our own corral duty. But we might not need them here if the guards on the trails were effective. I'm glad the ranchers are getting together and working on this problem. I think I'll send Sourdough and Benny back to the ranch, and we'll all come here for meals. The fellows are getting pretty tired, and we just will need a light guard on the corral tonight. Dale nodded. Let the others get a good rest. I don't believe Yellow Single will try anything tonight. He had such a frustrating time last night. If Yellow Singer isn't caught and stopped, 
His troublemaking. We're going to have to turn the cows out of the box anyway, Red said. They're cutting down on the grass fast. Dale frowned. How many more days can they stay in there? They ought to be let out tomorrow if we don't want to run the risk of letting them lose weight. Dale frowned. They, they couldn't let the cows grow thin or they would lose money on them at roundup time. We'd better turn them out tomorrow, Red, and just hope that Yellowsinger is unable to break through the guards we have put up, Dale said. That's my way of thinking, Miss Dale, replied Red. Dale rode back to the ranch and turned Pinto out of the corral. Then she walked to the stall to see Buttermilk. His head and tail drooped, and he glanced listlessly at Dale as she came in. But he made no effort to greet her. She glanced in his feed box and saw that he hadn't eaten his oats. Come on, boy, Dale coaxed, patting his neck. Perk up. Here's a lump of sugar for you. Buttermilk, like most horses, loved a treat. Dale held the lump out, but there was no familiar nuzzling in her hand. Buttermilk just stared at the floor of his stall with distraction. Let's go for a walk, boy. Dale said, hoping that that would perk him up. She led him out of the stall and walked him up and down to the barn. Buttermilk moved after her with, lag with lagging steps and drooping head. Now Dale was really worried. She knew horses had died of broken hearts before, and Buttermilk apparently thought he was being punished. And this was the reason why he was being forced to stay in his stall. Dale felt his ankle. It seemed perfectly well at her to her. Tomorrow, ankle or no ankle, I'll take you out, Dale told Buttermilk. She turned the dispirited horse loose in the corral. While he could be with the other animals, it might cheer him up. At first, he acted as if he was puzzled at his freedom, and then he made a wild dash around the corral. He was his old self again, Dale grinned with relief. She saw that the chuck wagon was home and the cook's shack door open. She stuck in her head. Hello, fellows. You open to company? She called. Sure, come on in, Miss Dale, Sourdough replied. We're glad to see you. How is everyone feeling? Dale asked cheerfully as she stepped in. I'm feeling fine now that I got my helper back, Sourdough said. Benny grinned broadly. Last night I didn't think I'd come back. When I saw what Yellow Singer had in mind, I couldn't believe it myself, Dale said. How can anyone be so cruel? I hope we ca capture Yellow Singer soon. I too, Benny said. I wonder what he will do to my brother and uncle. But perhaps they have disappeared from the canyon. Perhaps they go to try find Hosteen many goats. I hope they find Hosteen, Dale said. The people need him. The whole county would profit by the return of the wise old leader of the Navajos, Dale thought, as she walked to the ranch house. It was wonderful to sit down and let Josita make a fuss over her and wait on her. Dale remembered suddenly how tired she was and how little sleep she had had the night before. She ate the delicious meal that Josita had prepared for her. After supper, she sat on the veranda in the cool evening for a while, and then she walked down to the corral to see how Buttermilk was. All the boys except two at Ghost Creek Box and the couple helping to guard the canyon were in the bunkhouse. Juan had his guitar and was picking out a fast Spanish number. He seemed none the worse after his wild night. 
There was a card game in progress and a lot of laughter. It felt good to have the boys relaxing and having fun. They might not be able to do it very long. Tomorrow night or the next night, Yellow Singer and his followers might strike again. Dale climbed up on the top rail of the corral and called. Buttermilk loped across the pen to her. She pulled she pulled the usual lump of sugar from her pocket, and he nuzzled her hand for more. Dale laughed aloud. She was so happy to see Buttermilk taking an interest in life again. Suddenly, she stiffened. From the distance came quick, sharp sounds. Gunfire! She tried to shut out the noise of singing and laughter from the bunkhouse so she could hear the sound better. It couldn't be at the forks or the mountains. The gunfire came from a distant direction entirely. It could only be one place, Ghost Creek Box. Jill jumped down from the rail. Her first impulse was to saddle buttermilk and then stopped. He might stumble and hurt his ankle all over again in the darkness. It would have to be Pinto. She quickly tossed the saddle on Pinto and pulled the cinch tight. A moment later, she was in the saddle and swinging out the corral gate. She stopped just long enough to fasten the gate and then wheeled Pinto at the bunkhouse. She paused in the door to yell, I hear gunfire at Ghost Creek Box. Dale gigged Pinto and they shot away. The boys tumbled out of the bunkhouse, pushing one another. Miss Dale, wait for us. It's too dangerous for you to go alone. Hurry, get our horses. He can catch her if we hurry. But Dale was already swallowed by the darkness. The wiry little pony she rode stretched out his legs and covered the ground. Out in the open with no noise from the bunkhouse, the gun was more clear. Come on, Pinto, Dale urged. The boys need help. How could Yellow Singer have fooled all of them so completely? No one had thought that he would make a raid again tonight, especially another one on the cattle at the corral. Dale urged Pinto on, and then she became aware that she had heard no gunfire for a few minutes. What could it mean? She strained her ears to listen, but there was no more distant shots. They had died out. Miss Dale, Miss Dale, wait, Lefty called. Dale slowed for a few seconds, and Lefty rushed up to her. Miss Dale, you nearly got me in trouble, Lefty panted. Red told me to watch after you, and he said he'd fire me if I let anything happen to you again. So now don't you run off from me again, because I like this job here, and I don't want to be fired. Hurry, Lefty, Dale said. I don't hear any more gunfire, and I'm afraid. Do you reckon Yellow Singer pulled out like he did on the other raid? Lefty said. If he did, he must have got something. They pushed their horses harder. They could hear the other cowboys from the ranch pounding leather right behind them. Red, Lefty called as he got near the box. Where are you? There was complete silence at the box. Not even a cow bawled. Red, hey, Red, Lefty called again louder. Here, answered a weak voice in the distance. And out of the darkness and shadows approached the box. Red was supporting Bill, the cowboy who had helped him guard tonight, on his horse. "'Come and help me, someone,' Red said. Red and Bill were surrounded instantly, and Bill was lifted from the saddle and placed on the ground. Red climbed slowly from his saddle, and that was when Dale saw his limp hand bleeding and hanging at a peculiar angle, and Bill groaned. 
A scalp wound, too, Lefty said softly. Juan, you ride into town and get Doc, Dale instructed. We'll take Red and Bill back to the ranch. What happened, Red? Lefty asked. We thought this was going to be a peaceful night. Yellow Singer came, Red said, speaking with difficulty. The cattle were quiet. Bill and I had just finished patrolling the box from one end to the other. Everything seemed peaceful. Suddenly, the corral gate swung open. Someone slipped into the box and opened the gate. Was chasing cattle out, and we didn't have a chance. We tried to turn the cows, but someone started shooting from behind them. And then Yellow Singer and his men came at us. Bill got knocked off his saddle. My hand got clipped, and I lost my gun. Red sank down on the ground with a groan. The cattle are gone. Never mind the cattle now, Dale said. You fellows take Red and Bill to the bunkhouse and wait there for Doc and Lefty. Since it's your job to stand guard over me, you and I have a little job to do. Dale mounted Pinto and Lefty jumped on his own horse, and they were off. They wheeled and left the group struggling to get Red and Bill on their horses. They headed across the valley towards the foothills, and Dale knew where Chuck and Ham were supposed to be stationed tonight. So she called out before they reached the two boys. Chuck, Ham! We're over here, Miss Dale, Chuck called. Are you all right? Dale asked. Sure, Chuck said, surprised. Has anything happened? You mean Yellow Singer didn't pass by here with the cows? Our cows? Dale explained to them quickly what had happened. We never heard a sound up here, Ham said, when Dale was finished. I think we'll go on down the line and ask the other guard about it, Dale said. The guard at every station along the mountain range said the same thing. They had neither seen nor heard anything all that evening. It's uncanny, Dale said to Lefty as they rode back to the ranch. How can a herd of cattle and yellow singer disappear so completely without even a sound?